This is The Grid, presented by Victoria College. Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of The Grid. Uh, my name is Jeremiah Sosa, the assistant sports editor. I'm here joined by Mike Foreman, our sports editor, as always. And But before we get into everything that we want to talk about, we want to hear from you so you can reach out to us on our Victoria Advocate Facebook page. You can also find us on the Advo Sports Facebook page and also on Twitter, at Advo Sports. You can also email us, which is sports at vicad.com. All right, time to get into some playoff basketball. Uh, Mike was covering the Flatonia boys at the state tournament. Uh, the Flatonia, they lost to LaRue La, La Pointer in the state semifinals, 66-43. to La Pointer went on to lose to Lipan in the state final, 50-46. to But you look at this Flatonia team, it was their deepest run in school history. They ended with a 34-5 and record. Um, this 2023 class was a, a class of seven seniors. But in, in the state semifinal game, they kind of shot the ball a little bit poorly. They ended up shooting 25.9% from the floor, 16.7% from three-point range, and 55% at the free throw line. Mike, when you when you just when you have a class of seven seniors and you know it's their last year and you you shoot the ball that that poorly in a game that big like a, a state tournament game, how disappointing was it was it for 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 Tonya to lose that game and you know and, and kind of end their magical uh, season? Well, I'm sure they're very disappointed to get up, uh, you know, to reach their goal of going to San Antonio and then uh, to have it end like that. Uh, obviously, to keep in perspective, what they did is quite amazing. Uh, had a, a pretty exceptional four years, uh, four district championships, uh, finally got over the hump to the state tournament this year. Um just a, a couple of things about that game. First of all, you got to recognize La Pointer. Uh, it's one of those schools that doesn't play football. So uh, those guys are in the gym from the fall on. That's a huge advantage. That was uh, something that uh, Flatonia coach Chris Sodek talked about when they played Port Aransas, which also does not play football. And uh, LaPointer was making its 11th appearance at state and third in the last four years. So uh, I don't care what you say. When you get up there for the first time, uh, it's there's got to be some jitters. And uh, especially playing in the Alamo Dome, which uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a basketball game in the Alamo Dome, but it's it's a big arena. And uh, it's got to be a difficult shooting background. And, and you know, I, I think that contributed to some of their shooting problems. I think nerves were a factor. Uh, it just it just wasn't a very good game. And when you play a really good team like La Pointer and you don't play a good game, you're going to get beat. Uh, it was very interesting because... Uh, it was very contrast in styles, the two semifinals, the uh, the Lipan and the new home uh, semifinals, two teams that play half-court basketball. They walk the ball up court, they play half-court. 
whereas the uh, you got to the semifinal with Flatonia and Lapointer, and you had two teams that are very up tempo, like to press, do that. So uh, it it was just very contrasting styles. But Lipan, like uh, Lapointer, is also a very experienced team. So uh, yeah, that that brought our season to an end. Uh, you know, it's not often that it ends in the state tournament, and we brought this up before. I mean, uh, you know, let's face it, our, our basketball fortunes in this area have not been all that great. And uh, so uh, Moulton in 1999 is still the last boys team to have won a state title. Yeah, now that we're kind of wrapping up the basketball season, um, coaches, we want to hear from you. Uh, you can send us your all-area nominations to sports at vicad.com. You can also send your all-district teams to the same email just so we can get get a hold of them and, you know, kind of get, get ready for the uh, all-area uh, list. All right, we're going to take a quick break and hear this commercial from White Trash Services. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ... White Trash Services, what is it and and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off companies. And, you know, y'all are are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361 550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. Welcome back to this episode of The Grid. Uh, we're about to be moving into some baseball. Um, first up, we got Victoria East. They recently competed in the VISD tournament. They won the tournament with a 5-0 record. They beat out Beeville in their final game to, to kind of finish off the tournament and win it. Um, they they outscored their five opponents 42-5 to in the tournament. So it was a big uh, championship win for, for Coach Wes Coley and, and the Titans in that tournament. Um, you know, after, I, I covered the majority of the tournament, and afterwards, you know, just talking to Coach uh, Coley, it was – it, it, it's exactly it's exactly how you want it, kind of the tournament season to go if you're the Titans. Uh, they won the Navarro Classic a few weeks before that. Um, so to, you know, get those two championships, um, you know, Coach Culley was very positive and very kind of upbeat going into, you know, the, the crossover district games that were upcoming. Um, but but they performed very well, like I said, outscoring your opponent opponents by over 30 30 runs is a, um, you know, pretty, pretty incredible feat to do. But uh, Victoria East, they ended up falling to Corpus Christi King five to four on Monday in a crossover district game. And then they lost seven to five to Corpus Christi Carroll 
on the same uh, district crossover game on Wednesday. Mike, you covered the Titans against the game against Carroll. Um, you know, just starting off these last two district games, uh, district crossover games, 0-2, um, you know, what did Coach Coley say that his team needs to do in order to to get ready for, for you know, the upcoming zone games that he has to play against? Well, basically what he said is the team still needs to learn how to win and how to finish games. Uh, you know, he talked about, you know, East baseball had a great t- tradition going up from the day they opened its doors to all the way up uh, until the pandemic. Uh, they had never missed a playoff playoffs. Uh, but that changed after the pandemic. They now missed two years in a row. And what Coach Coley was saying is that the kids on these teams need to learn how to win, how to finish. Uh, he believes that they have the ability to do that. It's just doing it on the field. And, and there, there were certain aspects of the game today where that really hurt them. Uh, one, obviously, was uh, their pitchers walked nine batters, and you can't do that, and you're not going to be successful. And there are also some inopportune times, like there were leadoff walks, and then uh, they take a they they rally back. They get a big three-run home run from Xavier Ortega, and they uh, take the lead. They go to the top of the seventh. They retire the first two batters, so they're one out away from a big win. And what happens? They walk a batter. And then from there, uh, things just went downhill. Uh, They had a very bizarre play at first base, which led to a tie game. And then the walks brought home, So, and they had an error on top of that. So they basically beat themselves in that last inning, and uh, good teams can do that. I know uh, Coach Coley is aware of that. But, um, you know, it's interesting. He pointed out – they had two seniors in the starting lineup today uh, for the uh, Carroll game. And, uh, you know, that's still a young team. But as he pointed out, uh, they played, what, 17 games this season? A lot of these these guys were on the team last season. So, you know, that's not an excuse anymore. These, these players have experience. It's just a matter of... Uh, learning how to do things right on the field and believing in your mind that you're going to win the game. When you take a lead into the last inning, you, you know, you've got to have that feeling of confidence that you're going to win the game. And uh, they'll try to straighten things out against Flower Bluff on Friday. Yeah. And like you mentioned, you know, you got to find, you got to find a way to win against these, you know, 5A teams because, you know, and it's it's good to win the tournament games and win tournaments. But, you know, a lot of those a lot of those games are against, you know, lower level uh, teams in class, you know, against some homeschool teams as well. So, um, you know, East he, he, just has to find a way to, you know, win against these 5A teams. All right, we're going to take one more break and hear this commercial from Thriving Financial. Thriving is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent Financial Advisor Carly Herrig works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 
7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. Welcome back to The Grid. Uh, we're in our final segment, which is coaching changes. We got a few in the area. Um, Travis Reeve, he was recently named the new head coach at El Campo. Uh, he, he was recently at New Caney for the past three seasons. He led them to a 21-13 and 13 overall record and three playoff, uh, playoff appearances. He was the head coach at Cuero from 2012 to 2019. Mike, when you look at this this hiring by Ocampo, what is what is this uh, you know what does Reeves' appearance do for for the Ricebirds? You know, going into this new uh, football season. Well, obviously, uh, El Campo didn't waste any time. I mean, you know, here we were uh, last week, I believe it was, talking about that child uh, world that left, and now we turn around, and they they find their new coach. Uh, I think it's a good fit for both both parties, actually. Uh, um, uh, coach Reeve has got a lot of experience in the area. Of course, he won a state championship at Cuero in 2018. Um, the thing I think he can do for El Campo is uh, I think you're going to see offensively uh, the Rice Birds kind of being a little more uh, – more, uh, how should I say, I, I don't want necessarily wide open, uh, but more diverse is probably a better word. Uh, uh, Travis Reeves' offense is, uh, he likes to run the ball, but he likes to throw the ball as well. And El Campo has traditionally been a running type football team, but I think you may see some changes in that aspect. Uh, but I think it's a good fit for both of them. Um, I think uh, Al Campo uh, wanted to move fast because, you know, you get to this point in the season and uh, you'd be starting your off-season program. If you want to do seven-on-seven, you got to start thinking about that. So it it, it was a good good all-around. And I know from uh, Travis Reeves' perspective, uh, I know he enjoyed his time at New Caney, but uh, he pretty much said that he was looking to get back to a one school town, a smaller atmosphere. I think he feels a lot more comfortable with that. So uh, I think this could turn out to be a really good hire. Staying within the Reeve family, uh, Charlie Reeve, the new uh, head coach at Victoria East, uh, he recently hired Wayne Condra as the defensive coordinator and John Ford as the offensive coordinator. Uh, Wayne Condra, he was the defensive coordinator at St. Joseph for the past two seasons. He's had some experience as a head coach uh, at Victoria Memorial and also at Victoria High School, and along with a few seasons at El Campo. And then you look at uh, Coach Ford, he was an offensive coordinator at Gonzalez this past season. And he also played under underneath Charlie Reeve when he was a coach at Texas State. So, you know, you if you're Charlie Reeve, you know, you're getting these guys that you've had some familiarity with um, you know, also uh, Condra, he coached under underneath Mark Reeve uh, a few years back. So, you know, just talking to Coach Charlie Reeve, it was a lot of that familiarity. Just ha- having you know these guys that he's been around, like 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 uh, you know like Ford at Texas State and like Condra, who was under his father. So, you know, just getting that familiarity and you know bringing on people who have head coaching experience and 
you know, know how to run a program, uh, especially to this East program, um, you know, which last year they kind of struggled on the defensive and in, in the secondary. Um, so, you know, just bringing in a guy like Kondra who, who can kind of try to turn around that, that side of the ball and just help the, you know, those uh, cornerbacks and safeties develop a little bit, you know, that's gotta be a, a, a good sign for, for Reeve, you know, with the guys he's bringing in. Um, also Ford, uh, Coach Charlie Reed was telling me that he's going to be calling the plays, but Ford is going to be someone who can kind of really kind of rally the guys and just, you know, get that offensive line really going and just, just kind of focus on that part of the, uh, of the offense. And he is also a guy that kind of has the same mindset and kind of same play style that, that Reeve likes to run. So that was a, a big point for, for him as to why he wanted to hire Ford. Mike, when you look at these two hirings, you know, what, what stands out to you and how important is it that, you know, the, these are guys that have some, you know, some experience and some familiarity with uh, Reeve? Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. I was at the uh, Gobbler Relays last week and I, I saw Charlie uh, Reeve over there and I saw Wayne Condra and he was wearing a East uh, shirt. And I kind of was thinking, wow, that's, that's unusual, you know, because I, of course, he was at St. Joseph last year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it's a good fit. Uh, I mean, they are, like you said, very familiar with it, with with each other. And, uh, you know, that I know Charlie's going to want, you, you know, when you're a head coach, you want coaches you're, uh, you're familiar with, you can trust, and uh, that you get along with. So I, th I think it's a good, good start for Charlie. Um, you know, everything I've seen um, – especially just watching their track team, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the gobbler relays a little bit. Um, very impressed. I mean, um, he seems to have that, that thing going and that's a good start. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, he's going to have to have spring ball and that's where the football part will really get going. But, uh, from what I've seen so far, it's, uh, it's been a good start for uh, Charlie Reed. And as I brought up the Gobbler Relays, uh, boy, last week was a busy track relay. And uh, I know myself and a lot of other people who uh, went to Quero were, were really looking forward to the 100-meter dash and the 200-meter dash where we were. We all figured uh, Refuros, Ernest Campbell, and uh, Bay City's Bryce Turner would go head-to-head. -head. Uh, since one of them's 4A, one of them's 2A, you don't get to see that that often. But uh, you had two of the fastest runners in state, but uh, it didn't happen. Uh, Bryce Turner was uh, nursing a hamstring, apparently, and uh, so they didn't square off. Ernest didn't disappoint, though. Uh, he won the 100, and uh, he uh, won the 200 going away. That was really impressive uh, performance. Uh, He's an amazing runner. I would suggest that uh, anyone that has the opportunity to go watch him run, go watch him because he's he's special talent. And, uh, you know, I guess the question, uh, Bryce Turner, for instance, we know now he's uh, already signed to go to Nebraska to play football. He says he wants to run track. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, Ernest is getting offers, it seemed like, by the day. He got one yesterday from California. So uh, he's also an outstanding receiver, although obviously for Ernest, he weighs about 140 pounds. 
he's going to have to put on some weight if he's going to play at the college level. But uh, that was a good race, good race, and uh, I, I do want to mention that our track leaders are out. Uh, just go to avosports.com and you just, you'll see them right there. You can click on track leaders. Um, some of the times and marks are not quite where probably where they should be, and others are really impressive for early in the year. But uh, you know, uh, if you look at the time, we're less than a month away from a lot of district meets, so it, it's getting down to, to to that time of the year. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Grid. Uh, once again, before we go, coaches, just one one more request to send your all-area basketball nominations to Sports at Vic Ad along with your all-district teams. Well, from, from me and Mike Foreman, we just want to appreciate you guys for listening. I will see you again next week.